Big seal up on his jacket. Let's go How about that now? When Wes walked in, I like, I like totally had like a dad moment where like, oh shit, my dad just walked oh. in. Like, See, now we got to do that again. Hello and welcome to the 551 podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. I am joined, as always these days, by Corey Schreppel of the New York Times. Now, hello. hello. Mm. Hi. Mm. Mm. How are you? Mm. Uh, I'm great. It's, uh, you know, working for the East Coast Elite while uh, yeah. staying in Minnesota. Getting some of that Coastal Elite vibe on this podcast. We've got... Uh, <laughs> Mark Fangmeyer, who is a um, a coastal elite, if you consider White Bear Lake a coast. Just kidding, you're not. You're <laughs> not live near White Bear. I know. Lake. I just pretending you're from White Bear Lake. <laughs> it's fine. I'm actually from Invergrove Heights. Thank you very much. Um, and you know, obviously from the west coast of South America, we've got Rodrigo Sanchez Chavarria. Hello, comrade. Hello, comrades. Good to, good to see you all. Um, we're back on the podcast. We're going to talk soccer. We don't have tons to talk about, which means it's going to be a two-hour podcast of pure bullshit. Um, yeah, I want to say, first off, thank you, listeners. It is always good to have uh, over over the winter break. We don't get to talk to you as much, but I've gotten lots of really great feedback and notes from people, and it's super cool um, knowing that we just have a bunch of weirdos who listen to this and um, who, you know, it sounds like, also could use other people in their lives and they're using this podcast as a way to <laughs> feel close to humans. So thank you. It, it's, uh, it's great uh, talking to you all. If you, if you get the jab, get the second jab and start to live forever, come, come watch soccer on a Saturday or Sunday morning with me. Um, uh, so let's, let's start, start with this. Um, big news today is when Francisco Calvo, uh, put a photo of his back and the tattoo on his back on Instagram. And the tattoo is a picture of him and his back. Not just of him. It's of his back. Yeah. It's a full back tattoo of him and his back. I wish it was like, Oh, like a mirror, like, you know, or like an infinite tattoo. That would be amazing. Like if then there was a tattoo of him on the tattoo, um, it's amazing. Uh, Calvo is the gift that keeps on giving. And it made it's me wonder. Only Franz. It made me wonder who would you get a tattoo of? What soccer player would you get a tattoo of on your back? Mm. I got one. Go. Uh, Gabriel Omar Batistuta, a.k.a. Batigol, because it's his birthday today, so. Well, you know the tattoo lasts longer than a day, right? I know, but, you know. And one thing about I was wondering about Cabo is, like, I, I was actually trying to go to the rabbit hole and see if I could find a picture of 
Cabo's back before he got the tattoo. Because usually you get big tattoos like that and that dark to cover up something that you want to hide that you've got before. So that was my thing. But I couldn't find anything. So He had uh, Johan Venegas tattooed on his back and he tried <laughs> to cover it up. Or he had Adrian Heath. Um, oh, or he had... Uh, um, yeah. Um, so... You, you too, Mark, Corey, can... Um, I don't know, maybe J.C. Banks. Okay. That's, that's um, because, like, I had a thing, like, when uh, the last... That's an Alex Schieferdecker answer. He, no, but, like, the last two years of uh, when we were uh, at the Nessie, our seats were, like, right next to where, like, those wood steps are that go down to, like, the field level seats. Mm-hmm. And the players, like, always warmed up right in front of us. And anytime J.C. Banks would go on, I would just yell out, I put my trust in J.C. Banks. And that was my thing. And so I would just want like a J.C. Banks mm-hmm. sort of Jesus tattoo on my back. I would have Dom Dwyer just because oh. I hate him so much. And I, I wouldn't have to look at it. And then I'd be like, fuck you, Dom. You're on my back. Just what kidding. if I would what if I got what if I got Adrian Heath and we could just have our backs touch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And Adrian Heath back tattoo. Would you? Would, um, <laughs> Okay, so someone needs to get a Kevin Molino tat, and then all three of you can be oh, like, yeah, have a have a back, 10, a, a back years of their career, back threesome, and someone needs to get a, uh, and then all right, we all have to decide between the four of us. Then someone needs a Harrison Heath back tattoo. Oh, that's me. That is me because I believe Harrison Heath told me to fuck off. So that's cool. Is, does that person just slightly stand off to the side and just yeah. feel sad? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. just sprays water. I mean, they still get a job at the club, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, Ball boy. There was a there was a story about the Challenger uh, ex, uh, explosion um, and a soccer ball. Rodrigo, what, what was this? So pretty much, uh, I don't know. I guess we're dating ourselves, but um, Challenger was before my times. But exactly right, nineteen eighty eight. So then um, I was in first grade and watched it. So thirty five years ago, right, uh, the space shuttle Challenger broke apart. Right, and and into his flight, all seven members of the crew were killed, and this is this is pretty much a story about how a soccer ball that survived was originally was was uh, was on there, right? So like there is um, Lorna Onisuka, um, who had a husband, whose husband and daughters they they were associated with like a, a youth soccer team, from what I read this, and so astronauts get to take weird things when they go on space. I don't know if you've noticed that like the last time there was, or the last, sh- not shuttle, but the last time someone went up on space, like someone brought a, brought a, a, a Grogu uh, on it and they were just pushing it in space. And so like, baby I watched, Yoda. I'm, sus- I'm, baby sus- Yoda I'm subscribed. Yeah. I'm subscribed to the NASA ch- YouTube channel. Okay. So I, I kind of know these things. <laughs> but so like, this is a really cool story how like this ball survived this and then eventually they brought it back up. And one of the latest launches launches into space. Hmm. So like a full circle of of things. So it's a really great story. I think ESPN did like a like a what's it called like a, like a, like a thirty minute or sixty minute documentary. It was uh, Ellison Onisuka was who also was the first Asian America or the first Japanese America uh, and the first Hawaiian in space. Hmm. So that was his that was soccer ball that was associated with him. So like it's it's a really cool story. So yeah, it's on it's ESPN wrote the story. Um, I'll I'm trying to I'm going to try to be better about putting these articles in the show notes so you can go check them out. So I'll I'll try to put that up. Um, 
Also, this last weekend was the Copa Libertadores uh, final, um, and to give give us the give us the the shakedown. What what happened there, Rodrigo? All right, so I don't. Um, this is a little bit, of, but Eric and I, uh, Eric Silver like Brenneman, yes, yes, yeah, uh, and we are big Copa Libertadores drama field type of type of thing, and you can't watch it anywhere unless you're like pirate streaming. So we've been Facebook pirate streaming, you know, every 10 minutes or so finding one. And I I missed this final, but I was able to watch the uh, the play. And it was 0-0 literally up to like the 94th, 95th minute in which a ball goes out, right? And one of the coaches, Kuka from Santos, the ball is going into his area, like his technical area, and the player is, is literally running up to pick up the ball because time's running out. And he picks it up. And as he picks it up, the other the other uh, the player is trying to get it from it. Eventually snaps it out of his hand. And because of his interference, he got red carded. Right? And then uh, the player got red carded? No, no, they, the coach got red carded. And so literally Palmeiras scores within the next five minutes to win the uh the Copa Libertadores one nothing. But the funniest thing is that Kuka is wearing like this very religious shirt. So like you you ever been to like I don't want to say Cinco de Mayo market, but like you ever been to like in Mexico like a mercado? Sometimes they have like a big shirt in the image of the uh, of the Virgin Mary or or the Virgen de Guadalupe. So this guy had like this really big shirt that he couldn't really fill in very well, and it was like one of these things where like it was just like drama after drama, like watching a real telenovela, and it was just a lot of fun to watch the. Uh, the action and everything else that was going on. So that was that was a piojo moment in a sense. So Palmeiras um, won the two Brazilian teams up against each other. Palmeiras won the one nothing. Um, you know, I know Eric is is isn't on the podcast these days, but we'd have we have to say for his sake that Palmeiras is is Bolsonaro's uh, club. So so he's that that's I, I interacted with Eric about this game multiple multiple times and he he every time was was talking about it being Bolsonaro's club and I was like like when I was tweeting about how I liked Palmeiras's badge design I was like I'm, I just like the design man I'm not back in Bolsonaro so um the the uh additional um uh, South American potential news the rumor is that Matias Almeida uh head coach of uh the San Jose Earthquakes is maybe going to coach the Chile national team? This was, I hope so. This was reported uh, yeah. a, a couple of days ago um, or last week. It has been since like said that you know th- there have been no contacts from Chile to the team uh, to to try to get him released or bought out or whatever. But so who knows where that is? Since Almeida has arrived, there's been rumors of him taking over other clubs. But I. Um, I started on Meta Watch just so this can happen. So then that way, um, that way um, Heath can be a consultant to the Peruvian national team. So that way, we can destroy the man marking that Chile always always it will be will Almeida will be implementing. So this is my correlation. So it would be hard. Right, to that pull is off fantastic. It. I was really wondering where you're going with this, and then you just did it, and it's great. I, I'm, I'm all on board. And be, plus, like they have it. I mean. There's some good wines down there. I think I think Heath would be happy. <laughs> um, it would be really hard to implement that man that same type of man marking system uh, 
on a national team level where you, you don't do get it. to train with them all the if, time. If so. anyone's <laughs> willing to do it and willing to do it and take yeah. all the heat for it, it's Almeida. Come on. It's the power of the sexy hair. Um, I mean, I mean that that's got to be the easiest game plan, though. Like, it's a national team. You guys, like, hang out, like, six times a year. It's like, just follow that guy. Yeah. Um, so... That's all man marking is anyway. It's fine. Follow that guy. Yep. It's follow that guy tactics. Um, So a bunch of U.S. players made last minute uh, transfers overseas. Some of them weren't quite last minute. It's like Brian Reynolds going to Roma has been this long drawn out thing that has uh, caused Tom Bogert, the uh, MLS writer, to to go crazy trying, trying to track. That was a big deal. Um, Everyone thought that they they would probably go to to Juve or somewhere else. Ends up going to Roma. We also had uh, Paul Ariola, um, Mister Nipple twenty twenty one himself, going to Swansea to join up with uh, with Jordan Morris, Daryl DK going to Barnsley, which is a loan, right? Some of these are loans, and that that's kind of like the they're almost all loans. Yeah, other than well, uh, Chris Richards for, is being loaned from Bayern to Hoffenheim. DeAndre Yedlin is being sold to Galatasaray. Terrence Boyd, I didn't hear That's what his... That's a great story, by the way. The Yedlin story? Yeah. Yeah, how they <laughs> forgot to do the paperwork. Tell me about it. Okay, I missed this. I've, I've been, like, in and out of, of being... So, Lord. Newcastle, someone, somebody in the... It's, it's considered a clerical error, an administration error. Pretty much what happened is Yedlin couldn't play because uh, no one was able to fire his visa paperwork. And they forgot to, and they missed a deadline, so they forgot to do it. So they ended up loading him out, and then it got, and then it got permanent, right? Like he's gone. Oh yeah, now he's gone. He's, oh. I think he's fully gone. So there you go. So yeah, so basically, like Newcastle forgot to like file the work visa paperwork, had to loan him out to the Turkish club, and then now like the Turkish is finalized. It's a full on transfer. Awesome, brilliant, amazing. So. Some of these, some of these are, are, are weird. Then you also have some MLS deals where Brian Rodriguez, who was considered a pretty big, not a, necessarily an LAFC star, but one of the players that you, that was talked about coming in, you sell them on for a big contract. He's being loaned to a second division Spanish team, Almera, um, Almeria. Sorry, and then. You also, yeah, I, I, some of that yeah, was a little bit a confusing to me of, of why these players were going out on loans when quite obviously, um, I mean, that, that seemed like MLS 10 years ago. Very, very weird to me. Anyone have a, a thought on that? Um, the owners are going to lock out the players and the owners are trying to get as much return as possible before they lock out the players. Okay. I mean, we are going to yeah. talk about that in a minute, so let's let's just do that. So, what, what's the what's the theory there that like, look, they're going to be locked out. Um, they, you know, they might as well offload a couple guys for a little bit, and then they won't be paying their their salaries. Um. Yeah. I mean, like it, it kind of started with the whole Jordan Morris thing, and that just kind of like again, it seems like a win win for everybody. Where like, um, they loaned Jordan Morris to Swansea, um. There is a very large um, option to buy at the end of the season in June. Um, if Jordan Morris does well and uh, you know Swansea gets promoted, they keep him. Um, either uh, they can 
enact they can go they can act on the very large option to buy or if they don't want to they can still negotiate with Seattle to try to get the you know number that they want to for a transfer mm-hmm. but at the same time that means that he's open up to um uh outside interest and so there'll be other teams uh bidding on him as well which can drive the price up so it's for a lot of these it's just win-win for everybody mm. because it gets them off of the books for MLS um and potentially if they do well so long as they don't get injured, then it's uh, they can sell them on. If not, they just come back and they're actually in match shape for when they actually start the season, which probably won't be for even though MLS announced that the season is going to start in on April third. Um, if the MLS owners actually lock out the players on this Thursday, then that won't probably happen, and so they're off the books. I mean, I mean, being off the books doesn't really matter because another players are getting paid anyways. Uh, but still. They're gone, but they're going to be match fit when they come back. So it's kind of win-win for everybody. Yeah, and I mean, the exposure to the league and to the talent pool, the, that argument becomes even stronger, right? I mean, you look at, uh, you know, all the other players have been loaned out and they're doing pretty de- decently in Europe and in Italy. So, I mean, it's a win-win for a lot of folks. I, I think, you know, it's, I think it's, I'm really interested in the, in the, in the Areola one because there is it's a loan. It's not and there's no option to buy, but for the Brian Rodriguez, for example, it's a similar situation with than Swansea. You get loaned out to a second division team, who's in fighting for promotion to La Liga, right? And so yeah. if they do make it, then he 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 can get option offers from from not only La Liga teams but you know the rest of Europe and Asia. And, and yeah, Italy and I guess things. it seemed like to me that MLS had moved to this stage where, well, if you want to come buy this guy, then you can pay us lots of money for them. But yeah, we brought him in to, to play here as opposed to this. Oh, let's hope we sell them. Loaning to me seems like you're less sure that you can sell them. And it, it just seemed like a different tactic. Uh, well, we the, don't have to belabor the other, it. The other thing, the other thing to keep in mind about Brian Rodriguez is that he's he played 19 games in 2020 but he only had two goals he had seven assists but even when he was what in 2019 i'm looking at his stats right now played seven games zero goals like he he's got 26 total appearances for lafc and two goals seven assists and it's like i don't think that's the return that they're looking for and so i like as a counterpoint to mark in terms of like the potential lockout i don't think that they'll i think they'll keep delaying the talks i don't necessarily know that they'll get to a lockout but for brian the brian rodriguez argument i don't think he's that i think he was a bit of a bust for lafc and just isn't um he's not a bargaining chip and and, and jordan and jordan Morris, and just to say like jordan morris like he we had pretty much hit his ceiling with Seattle and, and he needed to move on. I guess, I guess the, just the last point on this before we move to the CBA, Brian I guess Rodriguez I was is not a bust. also thinking about, he was not very good for them, but I was also thinking about like Aaron long. They, someone, uh, some teams tried to loan him and yep. red, red, red bull said, no, I think someone tried to loan Diego Rossi as well. That I was mm-hmm. partially following today. Anyway, let's move on to the CBA because, Mark, tell me where we're at with this. This is the players' union and the owners are fighting because the owners did the force majeure and said, we need to re- renegotiate the contract. Take it from there. Yeah, so basically the force majeure 
they they said that um, you know there were because of the pandemic, 2021 is going to be you know a huge amount of loss for them. So therefore, they need to renegotiate the contract. Um, and basically, what they came with uh, a few weeks ago, like soon at like yeah a couple of weeks ago, they basically said that um, their offer was that the um, uh, MLS players would receive their full 2021 salaries in return of extending the CBA through 2027, which would be a two-year extension on top of the one-year extension they already made back in June when they renegotiated the CBA. So this so, would, and this I, would now then be a seven-year contract that they've, they're working Yeah, to. which is a huge, and huge. And would notably come after the World Cup and after exactly. the new and that's TV the, deal. And that's, the, and that's the very key part. And the, uh, and the key part, and, and you raised the point, it's like the key part is that um, if – their owners were actually concerned about the severity of the 2021 losses because of the pandemic, as they claimed, then what they would actually be asking for would pertain to cutting, yeah. uh, you know, fund or cutting their uh, spending in 2021. And none of that is happening right now. So it's kind of just a big play by them to use the pandemic as an opportunity to retain as much of the um, whatever sort of profits and expansion will come following the World Cup being hosted by Mexico, U.S., and Canada in 2026. Um, basically, um, trying to retain as much of that growth as possible for the owners and not share it with the players. And so the players came back. So basically, uh, last Thursday, MLS put a like this their own deadline on last Thursday at midnight. It, uh, and then uh, basically on Thursday afternoon, the players came back with a counter offer to that um, two-year extension where they said that they would extend it one year um, in return for, uh, and also a reduction in some player salary budgets from 2022 to 2025. And then also um, in, and also uh, freeing up a little bit of the free agency uh, requirements and changing it so that in order to be a free agent, you were 23 years old and four years of the experience. So basically they kind of came back with some compromise. Um, MLS came back on Friday, I believe, after they announced that and said, um, no, we're holding firm, but we're going to extend uh, the negotiations a week, which the really interesting part about that is that it's sort of a total, total dick move by the league because um, as uh, the contracts go, if MLS owners lock out the players, then all of the MLS players become free agents and they're able to sign with any team that they want to outside of MLS. The tricky part about that is that for uh, European clubs whose transfer window closes tonight, Monday, um, in order to be able to be signed, sign a free agent, if you're those clubs, the player needs to be a free agent during that team's transfer window. So by extending it a week, that means that, like, you know, say Reading wants to sign a, somebody, uh, their transfer window closes today or tonight. And then that means that uh, when MLS locks out the players on Thursday, every player that wasn't quickly loaned out uh, prior to the European transfer window closing 
has no ability to sign in Europe or do anything. And so it really, really limits what the players are able to do to get a paycheck in the interim when, after the um, owners lock them out. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot there. Um, that last part about the, the free agency is really interesting, especially because I think, like, yeah, so they couldn't sign in England, but I think in, I'm now trying to look, like in Denmark, I think you could still, oh, no, it's the, the second one is, is January 31st. Um, they could sign in Bulgaria and Romania. Um, they could sign... Shoot, where are the other ones? There are they could sign in Sweden until March thirty first. It would be great to see a couple of these guys go to go to Malmo or something like that, just to be like, well, <laughs> fuck you, I'm off. Um, yeah, the entire yeah. Right now, it's just playing in Malmo. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, it, there's a lot to it. I mean, I, I'm already always going to say that the owners never come off looking good, but. They certainly don't come off looking very good uh, in this, and yeah, and like, the thing is, I don't think they care. Like, it's actually, I mean, even if they get, they lock out the players, it's kind of win-win for them because uh, with the pandemic and everything, they're not gonna, like, especially like if they start the season in April, they're not going to be able to have like even cl- anything close to like the fans they want to have in the stadiums. So if they lock out the players until June. Then you know they're just not paying them their salaries until June. If they could start up again and renegotiate, all of a sudden, when you do start up, you have you know a better probability of having fans in the stands and whatnot. So, yeah, so long as like uh, there isn't a large revolt from fans, which there probably won't be, because I mean, there's not. Uh, well, what I mean, can we do? There so, are there are dozens of thousands of us that are MLS fans. So you know, Paul <laughs> Hannon sent this question in on Twitter: If the owners lock out the players, what can and should we do? I'd really like to keep my season tickets and and love the the squad, but I'm struggling with supporting a league that's you know screwing everyone over. Um, it's a great question. There's not a ton we can do. I already canceled one of my season tickets in protest over something else. <laughs> um, but it, it is just like such a weird thing where because of the pandemic and the, the games aren't happening anyway, you're kind of right there, Mark, where the league has just all the leverage here where it's just like, well, okay, well, we don't come back until May. Fine. Then yeah. we actually what save if, some what money here. Do? Like what? All right, fine. I'm going to go to the games, but I'm not going to spend any money on beer. Well, no one's going to the games anyway. So it doesn't like basically yeah. like the, our only option is to cancel our season tickets and refuse to buy merch are basically the only way we can do anything to the team. And I mean, if you want to give up preseason tickets, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely think to to answer Paul's like, do not buy any merch. Like, especially if that happens and like you can cancel your season tickets. Like you can always get tickets to the game. Um, that that's like, I I just really like my seats. Yeah. But like, yeah, again, it's not that big of a deal. If you don't have your season tickets, you can still get tickets to a game easily. I mean, if it, if anyone benefits from a lockout, it's NWSL. So, because they have literally almost the same start time. So, all right. I like that angle. I like that angle. There we go. Um, go. Let's let's move on to other bits of news. Uh, U.S. men's national team. Uh, the the kids beat the shit out of Trinidad and Tobago seven nothing. Um, it was a a right walloping uh, did not quite exercise the Akuva demons, but 
you know, at least <laughs> at least a little bit of playing around with Beelzebub does something. Yeah, what, no, what was, the, what was the joke last night that uh, Jesus Ferreira was the Roberto Firmino of the the false nine of the U.S. men's national team? Oh, never, come on. That's that's what everyone keeps. But I mean, uh, the thing about yesterday's Liverpool, game huh? Was that, cool, heard of them. Was that um, was that not only Ariola and Ferreira they coming back from injuries, but they both scored. Yeah, and I think and I think Jesus's work on his zone fourteen is just great. He yeah. knows where to be in spaces. Hundred percent. And then you have and you and you have like players like we, that we've seen beat the crap out of us, like Jonathan Lewis, um, really. Start shining into and figuring the things out. Like is it, is I don't it, even miss Josie Altador to be to, to be the truth, and I I wouldn't be mad if he doesn't play as he plays a role as a as a bench player, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean it was. I mean, look, it was it was a training match. Like it was fun to see. Right. It was walloping. a training match. I mean, well, Ethan Ethan Finley had a great tweet, and he was like, "I would have rather have watched an inter squad match." <laughs> um, and I was like, he's That's not wrong, he's not but, playing, but yeah. yeah, exactly right. He like would have been played in the other like, one. Yeah. I didn't get called up. Yeah. yeah, it's like let's do the. But yeah. still, like I mean, and you feel bad for Trinidad and Tobago just because, like, their domestic league never restarted uh, after right. the yeah. March COVID lockdown. So like, most of the, a lot of the they haven't played almost a year. Haven't played in a year, and then they're like, we're gonna go up, and then they. And even the so they went up against you know basically the U.S.'s B team because it was just all MLS guys because we didn't call anybody from Europe back, which is our full starting eleven in normal and times. And like Kevin Molino was saying, like I'm not I'm not coming in for this. Yeah, I'm gonna stay at home. I mean, but no, but, but I agree. Like, uh, eat some hot like pockets. My takeaway was uh, hey, uh, Jesus again because he was the beauty of him is that playing that false nine, uh, he brought an ability to um, be a playmaker as well as a striker. Like that, like compared to like uh, Zardes, who is like really good at finding space and scoring goals. He was able to do both where he was able to find space to, st- to score goals, but also to create some plays and create some offense, which I thought was fantastic, especially since he's only 20. Well, like Rodrigo right, said, like, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, and it also pins two head coaches against each other, right? Because my stepdad, Lucci, doesn't see doesn't see Ferreira, Jesus, as a false nine, but Greg Berhalter has for a long time, right? And so right now, I mean, who, who's who's winning that argument so far? I mean, that you guys can you guys can tell me who you think is winning that. But, like, I, I, I really think that, you know, um, it, the U24 team – but whenever the next, you know, U23, U24, whatever World Cup starts, it's going to be a really interesting, interesting, uh, even the Olympics, right? If they happen, it's going to be really, really yep. interesting to see what happens with that team. And who does, you know, and we and we see Dallas at least twice, twice, uh, twice a year. Or six times. And if yeah, we have another MLS is back. Exactly. Tournament. Right. And, and I mean, my next thing is Ricardo Pepe is the next person. I mean, you imagine Jesus and Ricardo Pepe, that, if they get those two clicking, that's just going to be nuts. Yeah. So um, last bit before we take a break is Caden Clark, a uh, little bit of other transfer news. Minnesotan kid, uh, you know, big academy prospect from Minnesota. No, he uh, grew up in Minnesota, 
Then he went down to the Barcelona Academy down in uh, Arizona. He got, he got he was in the Thunder Academy first though, right? Yes, correct. Yep. Then he got picked up by Red Bulls two with the you know he was going to get moved moved on, and now he is. He's going to sign a pre contract or he signed a pre contract. So when he turns eighteen, he's going to buy a pack of cigarettes. And um, no, you got to be twenty one now. Where? Everywhere. Really? Oh, yeah. In Europe? Great. I haven't been 18. Well, in no, in the time. U.S. Okay, cool. He'll be gone by 2022, right? I mean, that's the whole thing. <laughs> anyway, moral of the story is he can now, when he turns 18, he can go over to RB Leipzig where he's going to play, where, um, you know, eventually Jesse Marsh will uh, move on from Salzburg. But it's it's kind of a fantastic deal for this kid. And he's going to st- spend this year at um, uh, Red Bulls, New York, New York Red Bulls. And uh, it's kind of amazing. I mean... Man, the seeing Minnesota players like Jackson Ewell is you know he hasn't gone skyrocketing, oh, but he's, he was on the national. He started yeah, for the national team. I, but just seeing these Minnesota players, it's fantastic. Where, where previously it was like the biggest story was Mikwele Akale uh, being uh, on the B team at Valencia. So it's it's fantastic news for for Caden. So it'll be fun to watch. Uh, yeah. I watch a lot of uh, Leipzig already. So. Um, yeah, with that, let's, uh, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll, we'll go over the, um, MLS super draft. Super, super. We We're back on the 55 one podcast. A podcast with terrible taste. Uh, we are here to talk about the Minnesota United section. Obviously not a ton to talk about, but it was the Super Draft. Super Draft. Super Draft. And Minnesota was far busier than we kind of expected. I mean, I didn't have really any expectations, but originally we went into it with like the 25th and 38th pick. And, um, you know, I had it on. I was kind of cleaning the bar and I just kind of had the, the live feed going. And uh, lo and behold, we traded up for the 17th pick, and then we trade. You know, the whole deal was we got the 17th, we got the 18th, and then we ended up taking the 38th. And we took Justin McMaster, who's a 21 year old. Is he a right winger? Who wrote the the notes here? I thought he was a left winger. Uh, I transfer market says right winger. He's a right footed player. Um, I know. I was uh, the description they gave was was like a basically Kevin Molino. Um, a Jamaican kid um, who, yeah, he, he was in the Philadelphia Union Academy. Um, we traded 50K in GAM plus 200 or 25K of conditional GAM to NYCFC for, for that pick. And then um, the 18th pick, we took Nabi Kibangunchi, a 23-year-old center back. Maybe they described him as a... Um, center back or maybe a six. He's just a big ass dude. Um, yeah, he tackles hard. And he was traded. We traded away the 25th, 25th pick and 50K of GAM to Toronto for that. And so he's a UC Davis guy. And then finally, we got Sean O'Hearn, who's a 22 year old left back. And he's uh, from, he went to Hempfield High School, which is, you know, Lancaster area. We used to play them in volleyball. 
um, same area that um, Poodlesick came out of. And also, um, I think Keegan Rosenberry went to Hempfield High School as well. There's, there's like a lot of people who came out of there. So I don't know. What do you guys think? These, these three guys. Any of them going to pl- see the field for us? I think all of them will. Mm-hmm. You think even, think, yeah, yeah, even the left back. No, but, I was just gonna, let's, let's go through. I was going to say McMaster. Justin McMaster literally last year was a top 10 pick, then got injured, right? And, you know, played some games this season, didn't have a really strong showing, but still, you know, like we, we, we've been through, we've seen players with injuries, right? With, that are, that are, that are, that'll take them a while to come back from. And so, I mean, yeah, he did his I ACL. I think it's a good place. So. And so I think he's he's going to he's going to be able to do if, if it's going to be a competition between him and and our and our favorite um, uh, Chick Owen. Oh, hold on, let's see how long it is into into our recording when we uh, said Chick Owen. So, <laughs> but no, no but seriously though, like I think Justin McMaster is a is a good pick. He's going to get some playing time. Um, he kind of like. Has the Molino mold sense into it, but I don't also think that he has kind of the, um, you know, he can play in the space. And as we as we've noted, whoever plays left wing for them doesn't really matter what the position is because they play all over the field. So um, I think for me, my most interesting pick out of the whole thing was Sean O'Hearn, because we've been talking about how Chase needs help, and specifically through this whole past two seasons right we're talking about the uh the bowl uh and the bubble bowl and the regular season we saw he was tired at a couple of times and needed someone to be subbed in and we didn't really have anyone that could fit that and i think sean hearn like watching his tape reels was like he's not he's not he's not pedro finesse dribbler but he can pass accurately and he can cross a ball and he is willing to get gritty and nitty and physical if he needs to. And I think that will give uh, Chase some time if he gets called up for a U.S. national team as well, too. All right. My only I, – I, I agree with you, Rodrigo. My only concern would be that both uh, you know, McMaster and – I can't pronounce his last name. But anyways, our first two picks. Kibben Gucci. Are, Kibben Gucci. Kibben Gucci, uh, yeah. Kibben Gucci, Kibben Gucci. Gucci. That's how you know it. It's great. Uh, but no, my only concern is that uh, I believe they both occupy international roster spot, spot, which is concerning just because we don't have a USL or any sort of lower league team where we can put them on and allow that international roster spot. So we have to keep them on our roster unless we loan them out or find something. Um, I actually thought that the, um, O'Haren, the Sean O'Haren pick was uh, very smart. In that, um, back in December, he signed a contract um, with um, the Revolutions 2 team back in USL 1, which is actually kind of brilliant for Minnesota in that um, we draft him, we have his rights. If he ever wants to go to MLS, um, if the Revolution like really like him, then they need to ask us for money. So basically, it's taking something that's totally free to us and... We don't have to invest any money in the um, time it takes to loan him out, develop, whatever. It's just he's already signed to a team. We just sit back. If he does well, we can offer him an MLS contract. If he doesn't, then no skin off our back. And um, 
if another team like the Revolution wants to sign him, they have to give us some money in return. It's actually a really, really smart pick. And he's not a Generation Adidas pick either, so you don't, you're not tied to any of that. I think none of these kids no, are. No, the, uh, the top five are, yeah. The, yeah, so yeah then, Minnesota United totally walking in there like, uh, I want Prima Nocta. Um, yeah, I, I think the one who excites me the most is Kibanguchi, um, mostly because I already have the song for him, and that's all I really care about soccer. So, um most I I just I really like the idea of us finally having a young drafty um ass kicker out there. You know, I whether whether he gets trained in the dark arts by Ozzy or Ike it, or or the both of them, you know, maybe they, they split who does the dark arts and, and who does potions or whatever. Um but neither of those two potions. Let's let's be honest about that. No. I, I don't know what unless there's a shiv potion. Yeah, yeah. Unless Ozzy is being kept away from the dark arts role on purpose. Did we just go D and D in this podcast? D and D, buddy. Harry Potter. 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 We went Harry Potter, buddy. And a twenty sided. You're not. Guy. You're not following Harry Potter. Okay. Um, no, I, I'm. I'm most excited about Kim and Gucci. I, I think that he, that's a position that we need this year in terms of. Center back depth, we need uh, some real meat in the midfield, obviously, because we know Ozzy's not going to be there all the time. We have lots of midfield uh, players there, but boy, wouldn't it be nice to, to have someone drop in there and kind of help close down a game if he can, if, if, if we're doing that. Um, McMaster, it's, it's so hard to tell, right? Young players, when they can do it. But yeah, sure, it'd be nice to have to not have to look for a left winger this year. If, if he plays on the left as a, as a right-footed player and have Chacon and him do it this year, but I doubt that's going to happen. Um, so the, all of these are, are good speaking possibilities. Of, speaking but. of uh, center back, do you remember that we Minnesota signed Callum Montgomery? I oh, never yeah. even remember him, ever. That Wait, he's who? actually there for center back depth. Who? Callum Montgomery. That we signed he's our first, first offseason signing, right? Yeah. I don't remember this. <laughs> I know exactly. Like, I mean, because I mean, he, like, literally, like, he's the 2021 our... Moeen Bay Tarat. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. We, we we actually have a fair amount of depth at center back. Like, we who have... is also known as Minnesota's Messi, by the way. It's true. <laughs> um, I I totally had forgotten that. Um, I wonder what that's going to look like. Um, <laughs> speaking of this year's Moeen Bay Tarat, we've got 32 year old Finnish defender. I'm just going to say it's uh, Yuka Ritala. Um, he is definitely top candidate. Go, go, like he's in pole position for this year's endowed chair uh, of Tyrone Mings, of aging international player who's going to get time over a, a young uh, Minnesota defender. He's he's going to win that award. Uh, Was it? Tyrone Mears? Mir- Mings? I don't know. Mings? Which one? Tyrone Mings Mears. Is yeah, it's, I it's still can't. I don't, he played for us for a year. I have no idea. I know his name's Tyrone. He just had he just had that amazing outside the box shot. Oh, against Casey? Yeah. Yes. He'll live on in infamy forever with that. Yeah. Cool. I actually really like the signing a lot. Okay, tell so me about it. it. Yuka, Why, what do you like? like? The, like the yucca fries? Or is it the... Yeah. Uh, yep. it's, it's like yucca fries, it's only like, in it's, Scandinavian. It's like yucca fries if they spelled them on Tatooine. <laughs> Oh, we're going so nerdy. Oh, that's a with nerd that. joke that Rodrigo got. Oh. And the Harry Potter, all on the same yeah. episode. He's the no, first I, Harry. 
Oh, it is. No, but I actually really like it because um, here's the thing is that Minnesota United does not have an academy and they do not have a USL or a reserve team. They have basically zero means of developing any player outside of their senior team. So the options are if you're going to have depth at fullback, you can have Billingsley who takes up an international roster spot, who is young and doesn't get any minutes. Or you can have a guy who is 32, was last year the captain of uh, the Montreal Impact, who is now bringing that sort of leadership to the locker room, who can push Chase to be better. And, I mean, if, if since Minnesota doesn't have the infrastructure to actually develop players if we're going to do the just in time kind of roster thing where like you every year just sign players for the senior team and don't worry about development, this is a great signing because you're bringing a guy who can push your young guy who has been starting there four minutes. Maybe he takes them. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But either way, if in a just in time situation where you're just trying to fill the roster, this makes a lot of sense. And he was only signed to a one-year contract is, Contract expires at the in December of this year, so there's really r- little risk, fair amount of reward, and I think it's a smart signing. It it can be. I mean, we are going to lose him for part of the year for for the Euros. Um, I think we we already mentioned Chase needed someone else there, right? Chase has some real talent there, but I think all of us who watched him day in day out saw a player who was not not quite up for being the automatic starter. If Yuka can help bring him along, he costs money too. Yuka's uh, contract, what was the last thing that they published he made was 290, right? That's a lot of cap space in an international spot for a guy who, you know, we're talking about as being someone who can split time with a prospect. That's that's a lot to do there. Uh, I, I, I do think you have a point there. I think that I I'm, for me... I think that he's going to be a uh, Jermaine Taylor, um, but you know, we'll, we'll we'll see. Maybe he'll prove me he's, wrong. And he's also played at right back and at center back. So, like, if you need a utility, like someone goes down injured, you have him there as Fair well, enough. which is also a nice little backup. Mm-hmm. I'm predicting that Sean O'Hearn outbeats Yuka. Um, uh, I will take that money. Yeah, I'll take that too because that would require Minnesota to offer him a contract as opposed to leave him under contract with New England two team. Yeah. What um what like opening round open cup match are you talking about, Rodrigo? Come again? That where he would play? You're you're saying he's only it's gonna fine. play. Yeah. Oh he played. Right. Uh, it's fine. It's not a it, yeah, I have to think about it. Look at the schedule, but no, I think I, I think Sean Hearn has, if 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 Chase, I I think Sean Hearn can earn that spot. I I just from what I've seen and what I've heard, um, I'm I'm most hopeful. So you're for saying that. he could he could Sean earn his spot? Oh, oh. he oh does have fantastic quads. This this podcast is ending. Uh, let's do the last bit of Minnesota bit, which is that Kevin Molino did an interview with Charles Boehm from uh, MLSsoccer.com. He he talked about. Let me pull this up. 
I want to find the the quote if I can. You know, he was talking about why he was there, why he left, and he basically said, uh, "I worked for Adrian for a decade, and I just wanted something different. I'm following the footsteps of one of the best Trinidadian football players, Stern John." He, and then he goes on, he says, the club, the direction they want to head to, they just won a championship and they want to win more. I was keen on them and just happy to be a part of it now. <coughs> um, I, don't, I don't know if it's, I don't view that as like throwing shade on Heath. Maybe doesn't, it's not like a call out of Heath. It maybe doesn't make Minnesota and Heath look great, but it's not, it's pretty mild, right? Am, am I describing yeah, it? Yeah, I, I, I. I, I Go ahead, Rodrigo. No, I'll just say I don't see much with it. I mean, like, we all talked about it off air or on Twitter. Like, he had to go to someone who was willing to have find someone that can service him the ball, uh, like like Bebelo can. And he did. I mean, if you look at Bebelo's Instagram post, him and Luca are, are, are hanging out together in Argentina doing whatever they, they feel like doing. So, I mean, I think it's, 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 I don't see anything with it. I think it's a smart move. You go play for a champion. You go play for someone who has a system set up and has been successful. I mean, I mean, it's wild to me that Columbus Crew can come off a championship and make the biggest free agency signing of the the off season. It's kind of amazing. Good for them. And early, like super early, basically as soon yeah. as, as soon as they could. I mean, I I don't think it's an indictment on Heath. I do think that it does raise. I think he know Heath knows the pressure that he's under with. You know when he when he was interviewed by um, the the Andy, Pioneer Andy, Press, yeah, Andy and, Greeter, and, yeah, yeah, and he was just like you know questioning his use of subs and all that kind of stuff. Like he knows, um, especially with Kevin Levin, his protege. Um, I think you know Minnesota wasn't going to or couldn't offer Kevin what he wanted. Um, not that necessarily that he was gonna get is gonna get it in Columbus, but um, you know it's the right move for him. And at least it's an Eastern conference team and not one of our competitors. I mean, Kevin got an extra year on his contract from what we offered him and he doesn't have to play striker. I mean, that's win-win for him. <laughs> let's, uh, let's finish this. Defense. Well, let's, let's move on to the, the, the watches that we've got here. Um, Ibarguin watch. That's uh this, this watch is, is it's not, not, no watch is ever over, but it's been suspended. Yeah. He, I mean, at least for a year. Because he's on loan now for to um, Santos, so um, there's really there are no good watches. Like as far as like Twitter content goes, there's nothing to search for. It's very depressing. Like all we really have is uh, Matt Doyle and his trying um, to make Bore Santos. happen. Exactly, and then there's like a Serbian guy and. They had one article about him being linked to Minnesota in November, and that's it. That's that's all we have to work with. There's nothing here. That's so I mean, Milan Pavkov for Pavkov watch, exactly. And so basically, my whole thing is, you know, we should all just move to five dollar Hams Tallboy watch and try to encourage five dollar Hams Tallboys to come to Allianz Field. That's all I want in life, and I, I feel like that's that's the only watch that's viable right now. So on. Yeah, at, Go ahead. At the end of this week, I'm uh, I'm doing my annual interview with Dr. Bill McGuire, and I have to limit the kind of bullshit questions I can ask of him uh, since he's doing me, uh, <laughs> since he's coming on the podcast. I I try to, you know, not ask him, and I'm not going to ask him about five dollar 
Tall Boys Watch. You're if we can ever get Chris Wright at the stadium, Chris Wright is never coming on this podcast. But if we could ever get Chris, that that's a question I would ask of Chris Wright. But it's that's it's the least he could. It's the least Chris could do for making up for the women's World Cup final watch. You know what? Maybe you can make a deal with Dr. Bill. I mean, because I, I did hear that there is a like um, six-figure fine if any of the owners talk out about the CBA negotiations well, I'm not, outside I'm, of. Yeah. And he, so I assume you can't talk about that with him at all. But like maybe as a you know prerequisite, be like, I know we can't talk about the CBA, but I'm going to ask you about the beer selection on Allianz Field. I can make. I could. I could do that. Yeah. I try to. I mean. I guess I should prepare people. I'm not going to ask about those. Be, mostly because, um, I I try to n- ask questions where I don't know the answer, and I know exactly what he would say to me about that. And sometimes it's useful to get him to say the thing that you know he's going to say, but. Um, a lot of times I just find it boring. Like I know that he won't talk to me about X, Y, and Z. So why don't we just talk about A, B, and C instead? So you should uh, ask him to write a haiku. I, 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 mm, I will. <laughs> I'll take that. Under, <laughs> Are you going to take take that under consideration? Yeah, I'll take that under consideration. I will ask him about, like, for example, the academy situation. Right? That's a that's like a good thing that he should have a good uh, answer for, and. He'll. I. I think I know exactly what he'll say, but you know, he might surprise me. Um. Anyway, let's. Uh. So we've got no watches. We're. Oh, this sucks. Everything sucks, guys. Yeah. There's not. And also, the thing is, like, I kind of feel like the whole like limbo of the CBA is really killing any MLS's team ability to sign anybody this week or mm-hmm. even going forward, just because. If suddenly the owners lock out the players, be like, sign with us, and then you won't get paid for two or three months. Like, yeah, yeah, th- that's a good sell right there. Yeah. So, but yeah, but Ramirez watch is still on, right? Yeah. Oh, he, yeah, he's stuck. So, like, he's in the league regardless. Did so, he like, um sell anything on uh on Facebook Market this week? I I haven't I haven't seen anything. They they did some work on their house and he was <laughs> he was outside and stuff. But so I stupid. I don't know, Christian, if you're listening to this, he's he, not. He does every um, week. Yeah. What uh, sends me notes? Let us let us know if that couch sold. Mm. Um, if you got what you were asking for, you deserve it. Okay, I've got only two questions uh, left from from Twitter, so let's do these real quick and then go. Jeff Underbridges at Shovelfoot says, "Why did Jackson Ewell buy a house in St. Paul? I believe this is um, St. Paul is a beautiful city. St. Paul is beautiful, right. but also he's going to join the team, and he and Will Trap will." Uh, one will sit on the other's shoulder and wear a trench coat and pretend that they're a really tall Aussie. So, so this came back to uh, way Don't back. Ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> I was already thinking my thing. I don't pay attention. Okay, go ahead. Um, this comes back to uh, Jeff had messaged me and he said, according to my wife, this guy is buying the house next door to us, and it's Jack Scahan, who is like a um. 20 year old San Jose earthquakes or earthquakes earthquake earthquakes player earthquake and um and she 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 said he said she spoke to his parents and two roommates who were there and I was like well that's really crazy buying a house in buying a house when you're that young I think he's maybe like 20, 22 or something and then the update is that it's Jackson Ewell who bought the house next door to this guy so poor Jackson I think Jackson maybe is just like becoming a slumlord and he's like oh what if I buy a house back in the hometown any players will just rent it out or something 
I, I don't know. I'm not sure. So Jackson, you it's walking, it's walking distance to the stadium. What's not to love? It's blue. He's gonna, yeah. he's, he's gonna rent a party house not, to chase. That's what he's gonna do. No, I think, I think. Oh, Jeff does not live walking Airbnb distance. Airbnb postings yeah. for any new houses being rented out for like, you know. We'll we'll have uh, we'll have Jeff send us the uh, Jeff lives biking distance of the stadium. So, um, uh, last question. This is from at Jam Rovka. In the new world of Mitch Guitar, who was a, a player, he was drafted, right? Someone did draft he him. Was drafted. Yep, he yep. was drafted. Jack, yeah, he went to Chicago, right? Jack Beard. So, yeah. Jack Beard did not get drafted. Um, Mitch, so Mitch Guitar could end up at the Mingos. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh. That would be actually if Mitch I was Guitar the Mingos. Goes full Mingo. Um, in the new world of Mitch Guitar and Jizz Horncamp, uh, Jizz Horncamp blew up. Jizz was all over the internet this he, weekend. He he exploded. He got uh he Man, got you know what he does? He wrecks clean sheets is what he does. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, the next day they're just they're just hard as cardboard. Um what's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jizz Horncamp. Like, Chris Wright did not uh, respond to my tweet of just like, just sign. sign. I want to get a Jizz, uh, just just Jizz emblazoned on the back of my jersey. But listen, you also have, what is it, uh, Joshua Jackson Ketchup that was drafted, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have um, Danny Trejo. Mm -hmm. I mean, this draft was full of really great names. None of it touches touches, uh, Jizz. Oh, Jizz no, Horn, so Jizz Horncap, who does he play for right now? It's somewhere in. Um, it's a, it's a it doesn't Belgian even matter. Team. Yeah, um, Jizz is playing for uh, Den Bosch in uh, in the Eerstvisie, Dutch. Um, anyway, Jizz is the next line of Dutch footballers. The the previous winner of the name contest was Jan Venegor of Hesselink. Um, who had, you know, the, I think he played for Celtic for a little while, but like, you know, his jerseys were just amazing because it said Venegor of Hesselink on the back. Uh, just, you just had to like find ways to to make the, the font all fit. Um, I, my, my favorite, oh, so then, sorry, Jess's comment finishes. What's your favorite soccer name? I still hold Snodgrass as a top tier name. I love to hear announcers try to say it seriously. For me, one of the best is Fabian Assman, who's a goalkeeper for Aldovisi in, in Argentina. Um, I, do you guys have any great footballing uh, names? Yes. Uh, the Middlesbrough, his legacy precedes him. He's a German player, came to Middlesbrough, played for 15 matches, scored nine goals, got them promoted to the premiership, and his name is U Fucks. What's his first name? U W E. Oh, Fox F U C H S. All right. Well, that's a good name. I would. Yeah. That, all right. I hadn't heard that one. Anyone else have a good uh, nom- nominee? None of these are beating jizz, so we can just stick with jizz. Yeah. And just make yeah, jizz jokes. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, there was Peter Pander, right? 
<laughs> I did not know that one. That's good. German football official. I mean, I mean, I that's, that's like, like a that's like a soccer players or like overall. That's like uh, a, a pimp who who like flies around in a green costume or something like don't that. Don't be such don't be such a Peter Pander. How about how about Norman Conquest? He was a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Grover Norquist. What? Norman Con- Conquest. No, I know. I hear yeah, him. It's it's no Fabian ass man, but no, this is true. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, if we had Jizz Hornkamp on our team, I, I would, if we had Assman on our team as well, but Assman's like a 36 year old. I don't think he's the, the, the two best watch ever. Mm. What about Wolfgang Wolf? Mm. Oh, did you Google, uh, uh, funniest names in soccer? I did that earlier. Yeah. Too. I'm looking at it right now. So yeah, yeah. That's how I found Fabian Assman. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Um, it is, it is on there, yeah. okay. That's the end of the podcast comrades. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> We could, we could, we could, yeah. Anyway, all right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. And uh, let's uh, let's do this again probably in two weeks. After uh, next week's, we'll have the uh, questions. If you have uh, questions for Dr. Bill, you can send them, but I probably won't ask them. But I, I have to should, be very just selective. collect them. You should just yeah. co- put a tweet out and collect them, and then we'll read them on the podcast and see which ones make the guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we should just do a segment of how Bill, Dr. Bill, should have answered those questions. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, we'll see. No, it's a, he, actually, I, th- I do think he is a good interview every year. He, he, he yeah. says some actually, good, that's, good stuff. Actually, that's one of my favorite interviews that you do. But, it, you know, I always, like I said, just, just to prepare, Bill, I always, like, I limit what I ask because I know – it's just no use, right? Just like why bother? Like, but I, I my first question is going to be, uh, you know, basically like, how much do you and Adrian Heath be like? I told these 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 doubting motherfuckers. We'll see how I can phrase that, so I don't have to say motherfucker to him. He's a he's a pro- proper doctor after all. I mean, you could just say MFers. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, comrades, everyone, thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this podcast and. Uh, you know, kisses. <laughs>